Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to an edition of Keep Left, the program of Victorian Labor College. In the studio is John Lafferty. Good morning, everybody. And myself, Chris Gaffney. Anyway, John, well, you're going to start. We're doing a little Middle Eastern special by the sound of it. Do you want to talk about the killings in America? I don't really know much about it. It's just a new one, apparently, and it was uh, people at a disability centre were, were killed. Um, that's obviously terrorism just to do that. Uh, I, I, just, I don't know all the details, but apparently the man is, is a very religious Muslim. Yes. And his wife comes from Saudi Arabia and is also a Muslim, but so far no one's calling it terrorism. A person doesn't need to be a Muslim or a Christian. Well, before, apparently... Be, before you can say this is an act of terror, is, this is terrorism. Well, of I course mean, it is. You're killing well, disabled people. Well, that's right. They can't even get up and run away. No, that's right. That's, that's right. It's, well, now, it's only terrorism it's if there's Muslims involved. You no, must. You've got to understand that, John. No, but the point is, no Muslims, no terrorism. The point is that they are Muslims, but no one yet so far in the media that I've seen, uh, I've only listened to the ABC and 3CR, mm. and <laughs> has have called them terrorists. Right, right. I, I will say they're terrorists. They're terrorists. Oh, it would <laughs> seem awfully like it. I say, I think, I think if you do that, you're a terrorist. That's the point I'm making. But, um, well, there was one the week before where they um, some bloke attacked the um, attacked the Planned Parenthood, mm. which is a body that deals in all sorts of services for women, including abortions. Mm. And uh, the pro-abortion, the anti-abortion lobby here came in and said, "Oh no, no, no! It, uh, it this attack had wasn't anything. wasn't anti-abortion rubbish mm. because he talked about." Selling babies' parts because oh, you know what? What, really? see, what the well? See what the the right wing claim is that these planned parenting bodies oh, do abortions and then right. sell the bits to science. Right. I mean, I don't know whether this is true. It's probably not true, right. but this is what they're alleging, and that's what this bloke, when he refers to baby parts, that's what he's referring to. So that's so, what he's saying. It would seem to me that is is anti-abortion as, as a political stance. And he's committed an act of terror. So you've got politics, you've got terror. Yes, right? exactly. Terrorism? I'd say that comes under the definition of terrorism. Why not? I mean, flying a plane over a defenceless third world village and bombing defenceless people who can't fight back, that too is terrorism. Well, of course you know? it is. So, I mean, I'm broadening <laughs> maybe the definition of terrorism. You know, it's certainly terror. Well, a lot of people, when they define terror, want to restrict it to non-government individuals who do the terrorising. Mm. Uh, what they really mean is there's only terrorism when Muslims do it, so that when some, uh, like happened in America, that's not terrorism. Which one? Well, the, the, the latest one, the is latest it, one. Yes, but I'm, I'm saying that the, the people that committed it were Muslims. So why aren't they saying that it's no, Muslim terrorism? Oh, they say, right, because, yes. Because, yes, I'm you know, I mean, let's see what I'm saying. Because yeah. it, it does seem they want their... I think it was a planned abortion. Yeah, the one they, attack they, on the abortion clinic. No, no, no. That was, was clearly... There's a, so many of them. Apparently the BBC said just another day in America. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, <laughs> well, you know, you shouldn't laugh. You shouldn't laugh. But, I mean, you know, I mean, there's been one since then, apparently. 
Has there really? Yeah, that, that was just this morning. You know, there's been another one, so you can't really keep count of this, you know. And uh, Obama is right when he says he, he made some comment along the lines, you know, because he loved to say the U.S. is exceptional. Mm. Well, in this regard, I think he was saying the U.S. certainly in the Western world is exceptional. Well, it is. I mean, its rate of uh, its rate of shootings basically equals all the rest put together. Mm. It's, it's it's like one per day or something like that. It's quite ridiculous. Anyway, that was just that's just off the cuff stuff, and I mean, we'll we'll hear more about that and whatever. Yes, long way to go. This week, Vladimir Putin gave his reasons as to why he believes Turkey shot down the Russian bomber last week. Speaking at the climate change conference in Paris, he said, We have every reason to think that the decision to shoot down our plane was dictated by the desire to protect the oil supply lines to Turkish territory. We have received additional information, which unfortunately confirms that this oil produced in areas controlled by the Islamic State and other terrorist organisations, is transported on an industrial scale to Turkey. This claim, of course, is denied by the Turkish regime, and in that they are backed by the Obama administration. But the fact is that Western collusion with Islamic fundamentalism has been going on for decades. In the late 1970s, Afghanistan went through a period of civil war. On one side, if you can... I'll, I'll try to break it up into the two main sides... On one side was the state socialist PDPA, supported by the Soviet Union. On the other side was the fundamentalist Mujahideen, supported by Pakistan and more and more by the US. According to Wikipedia, which is hardly a left-wing source, billions in cash and weapons, which included over 2,000 Stinger surface-to-air missiles, were provided by the US and Saudi Arabia. These weapons were funneled through Pakistan to try to end the rule of the PDPA, a party which had introduced many progressive members, measures to Af Afghan society, including allowing women out of their homes, education and getting into even politics. Mm. Things became so bad that the Soviets sent troops to the country to defend the government. Now, at this time, the United States president was Jimmy Carter, considered by many to be one of the most liberal of presidents. Following his election in 1976, he gave the position of national security advisor to Zbigniew Brzezinski. Brzezinski had been involved in Democrat politics since the late 1950s, and even today is an advisor to Barack Obama. Since the 1960s, he has also been a member of the infamous Bilderberg Group, thus making him a favourite to target for conspiracy theorists. The fact is, his own actions and words condemn him better than anybody else could. Brzezinski himself is very proud to this day of his role in the fall of the Soviet Union. In 2000, he said, quote, On July 3rd, 1979, President Carter signed the first directive for secret aid to the opponents of the pro-Soviet regime in Kabul. That day I wrote to the president and said, in my opinion, this was going to induce a Soviet military intervention. The point here that he was instrumental in arming the fundamentalist Afghani Mujahideen against the Soviets. Brzezinski was a strong supporter of a US arms build-up even before Ronald Reagan got into power and he actually Carter was starting with that arms build-up. Uh, 
Also a rabid Catholic and anti-communist, he visited the Pakistan-Afghanistan border in late 1979. Now, this is not conspiracy theory. It's easy if you just YouTube a short CNN video. Only It goes for about a minute and 20 seconds. And this short uh, YouTube video is called Zbigniew Brzezinski, Pakistan, 1979. It's uh, yeah, made by CNN. So, well broadcast. We all knew this at the time, you know. Mm. A lot of us. A voiceover says, quote, U.S. National Security Advisor Brzezinski flew to Pakistan. He wanted to arm the Mujahideen without revealing America's role. It's sort of, right. you know, I mean, the broadcast is, I don't know, it must have been after they've actually started with this because things changed quickly. On the Afghan border near the Khyber Pass, he urged the soldiers of God to redouble their efforts. And this is what Brzezinski himself said. You'll love this. We know of your deep belief in God, and we are confident that your struggle will succeed. That land over there is yours. You'll go back to it one day because your fight will prevail. Your cause is right. God is on your side. Mm-hmm. Indeed, the fundamentalists in Afghanistan did prevail. The Mujahideen took power in 1992. And in 1995, the even more extreme Taliban, backed by Saudi Arabia and Pakistan, took government. Brzezinski had no regrets about this. He has bragged uh, even more than once that he wanted to draw the Soviets into a war in Afghanistan. Speaking to Carter, he claims that he said, we now have the opportunity of giving the USSR its own Vietnam War. He went on, for almost 10 years, this is after the, 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 the Soviets had to withdraw, for almost 10 years, Moscow had to carry on a war that brought about the demoralization and finally the breakup of the Soviet Empire. Now, the Russian war in Afghanistan was, of course, it was just one factor which uh, led to the breakup of the USSR. But the point is Brzezinski's enthusiasm in supporting Islamic fundamentalists. And he was, he's been questioned quite a few times about this, and he was questioned once about it, and he said, What is more important in world history? Some agitated Muslims or the end of the Cold War? Good, interesting words, these, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Some some agitated Muslims. We have have today. Some sickos. (laughs) Just a handful, you know. Front page for the past, what, 20 years? uh, 15 years. Brzezinski isn't the only U.S. politician to speak about this collaboration. Hillary Clinton is one of the most powerful women of the past 20-plus years and is the front-runner to be the next U.S. president. In testimony, I couldn't find a year of this, I think it was sometime last decade, in testimony before the U.S. Congress, she said this, The people we are fighting today are people we funded. We funded 20-plus years ago. We did it because we were locked in this struggle with the Soviet Union. We went to work, and it was President Reagan in partnership with the Congress, led by Democrats, who said, You know what? Sounds like a pretty good idea. Let's deal with the ISI, the Pakistani Intelligence Service. Let's deal with the Pakistani military. Let's go and recruit these Mujahideen. Let's get some to come from Saudi Arabia and other places, importing their Wahhabi brand of Islam so that we can beat the Soviets. There's a very strong argument that it wasn't a bad investment to end the Soviet Union. And then she finished up by saying, but let's be careful what we sow because we will have to harvest it. 
Brzezinski and Clinton are both on the Democrat side of U.S. politics. I'm focusing on them because mm. they're supposed to be the liberals. On the Republican side, there is even more enthusiasm for the jihadis in the Middle East. The classic example is the failed 2008 presidential candidate John McCain. And, uh, I mean, he's just so far, it's so extreme that it's just ridiculous. I, I don't have any quotes from him. Check him out, obviously. You know, mm. He's just crazy. He could have been president, though, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a, a big, crazy president. Being, you know? being crazy is not a, a bar to being a president. Look at Reagan. I walked into that one. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Reagan, W. Bush, and yeah, uh, well, Dan, Dan, Dan Quayle. I mean, Dan Quayle was a heartbeat away. Yeah, the potato man. Not to mention but, uh, Trump and Carson coming up for the Republicans. Carson? Oh, Carson. Yeah, I don't know much about Carson. History, um, but He's anyway. even madder than Trump. Yeah, well, McCain in this instance is madder than... I was just going to say that. McCain's reactionary position makes even Donald Trump look sensible, at least on this issue. Putin is right when he states, when will the Turkish Air Force... Uh, when the Turkish Air Force shoots down our bomber, what kind of a broad coalition can we seriously talk about? Now, this past few days, the French and the Brit, well, the British uh, now say that they're hitting Islamist targets in Syria, and the French have been at it for a couple of weeks. Barack Obama still claims that he has been organising a broad coalition to do the same thing. And yet, when Turkey commits what is almost an act of war against the Turkey, Russia, which really is actually hitting the Islamists, Obama defends the Turkish regime. Turkey is a member of NATO. Since 1987, it has applied for membership of the European Union. Its politicians wear suits and ties, but its government is in no way a liberal, small l. The Turkish government has been providing plenty of support to Islamists for many years. One of the reasons the world doesn't hear about this is that, according to Reporters Without Borders, Turkey is, what they call, the world's biggest prison for journalists. A report from Aletho News says that one year ago the journalist Serena Shim was killed after reporting from Kobani in Syria as a war correspondent. Her death was almost certainly the work of the Turkish intelligence services. And just last month, a former BBC journalist, Jackie Sutton, is reported to have been found dead in a toilet in Istanbul's main airport. Now, the link between the two, according to Aleto News, is that both of these journalists had reported on ISIL militants being smuggled across the Turkish border into Syria in trucks, bearing the symbols of NGOs like the World Food Organization. It has also been suggested, and even Putin was saying it, that the man, oh, he was speaking about the oil coming from the ISIL-controlled areas, but it has also been suggested that the man who is mainly responsible for bringing the ISIL-controlled oil to Turkey is none other than President Erdogan's son, Bilal Erdogan. Right. There you go, eh? <laughs> nice, nice, isn't it? Tellingly, any attempt by the Turkish or US governments to deny these allegations have either been muted or short on substance, if they've been addressed at all, you know. If a coalition is to be organised to tackle these Islamist organisations in the Middle East, which Barack Obama claims, but she hasn't actually put into practice, their benefactors firstly need to be exposed and then removed from the scene. Leave it at that. Well, uh, during the uh, last Tuesday, the Secretary of Defence in America, Ashton Carter, announced that the United States plans to deploy a new contingent of special forces to carry out targets, uh, to carry out operations against ISIS targets throughout the country, as well as across the border in Syria. 
According to Carter, these soldiers will work with Iraqi and Kurdish forces to conduct raids, uh, free hostages, gather intelligence and capture ISIS leaders throughout Iraq. The expeditionary forces will be in addition to the 3,500 US troops already deployed to Iraq by the Obama administration and scores of US commandos already carrying out operations in northern Syria. The Pentagon chief's announcement completely shatters Obama's repeated pledges not to, quote, not to deploy, quote, boots on the ground in Syria. Of course, the number of US regular troops deployed in Iraq is likely to increase over the next few months. Now, neither Democrat nor Republican members of the committee opposed the announced escalation of the US military operations in Syria. Only one member of the committee, a Democratic representative, Tulsa Gabbard of Hawaii, raised concerns that the continuing push to overthrow Bashar al-Assad, the dictator of uh, Syria, under the cover of fighting ISIS, was drawing the US into a possible nuclear conflict with Russia, Assad's main military backer. Obama escalated Washington's confrontation with Moscow over the latter's intervention in Syria and support for Assad. And that's why the Russians are intervening, because they are supporting Assad, who's given them a base in the country. He reiterated the US position that the removal of Assad was a precondition for any political settlement in Syria and effectively ruled out a grand alliance against ISIS that would include Russia, with the questions of Assad's fate to be put on the back burner. That would strike me as if there's any chance for this horrible mess for for some sort of peace, that is, for the sake of the Syrian people, the Russian proposal would seem to have some some merit mm. in it, in the fact that it would uh, unite all the people against ISIS. But the United States doesn't actually want to unite against ISIS. It would appear not. Uh, they want to have it a bob each way. Mm. Now, on November the 24th, as you know, the Turks shot down a Russian jet. Now, this was undoubtedly carried out with the foreign knowledge and support of uh, Washington. It was subsequently defended by Obama and NATO officials, and it had the intended effect of any undermining any chance of forming such an alliance. That is, Assad and the United States and company joining together to defeat ISIS. In his press conference, Obama explicitly ruled it out. Instead, he seemed to backtrack backtrack from previous statements to the effect that the United States would be willing to accept a transitional government in Syria that would include Assad for a couple of months, pending the installation of a new government that would exclude the current president. So Obama's taken it off the table, and getting the you know oh, right, letting the Turks shoot down the Russian was a good way to make that possible. Uh, Obama's confused them to himself. But see, Obama, he's got the military-industrial complex, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, he's got... He's, 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 a, he's a man in the middle, he's stuck. And, I mean, some people say he's a lame duck president, but, I mean, he's jumping all over the place and he can't. Well, he's a servant he to the same forces that the he's previous president will be mm. and the next president will yeah. be. There could be no agreement with Russia, in, Obama indicated as long as it continued to back Assad and bomb anti-Assad forces, including al-Nazra and other groups allied with al-Qaeda that are supported by the United States and its regional allies. Mm. And there's this myth going about that the so-called Free Syrian Army are somehow the good guys. Well, sounds good. But it's it's got the word free in it. It's got the word free in it. That's the extent of the freedom, one might add. <laughs> 
This, these people are just another brand of fundamentalists. The only difference is that these, these fundamentalists are supported by the United States, who, of course, won't describe them in the same way as ISIL, who are bad, whereas the Syrian Free Army is good, according to the United States. Is that the Free Syrian Army or the Syrian Free Army? Well, you just I, said the Syrian Free Army. Uh, they're not, they're I, I'm not thinking you're buying it. It's, <laughs> it has been pointed out, and it's quite right, that it's, beca- it's very Python-esque, if you remember the life of yes, Brian. I do, yes, I do. <laughs> prior, to the, prior to the press conference, Obama had a one-on meeting with the Turkish president at which he reiterated US support for Turkey and defended its shooting down of the Russian jet. British Air Force began dispatching tornado warplanes to the eastern Mediterranean on Tuesday, even prior to Wednesday's official vote in Parliament. Yeah, they were very quick, weren't they? On extending British operation into Syria, as proposed by Prime Minister Cameron. And Mm. that's interesting in itself, that the leader of the Labour Party was opposed to this, but he made it a free vote because he knew that some 50 Labour politicians would support the bombing of Syria. This is how bad... The British Labour Party has well, got. What about his whip? Hmm? Why didn't he whip them into line using the man known as the whip? Well, because he knew that they would vote, they he, they would vote for backing Syria regardless of Labour Party policy. That's what he was well, frightened. They'd, they'd have to cross the floor. Though. Well, that's right. That's right. <clears throat> Russia, for its part, is also escalating its military operations. It's begun deploying S four hundred missile defence systems in support of its presence in Syria's Latakia province. Obama's so-called war on ISIS is in fact a cover for US imperialism's drive to remove Assad and establish a puppet regime in Syria as part of its agenda of consolidating control over the entire region and its vast energy resources. ISIS is a creation of US imperialism. Having originated in the US invasion and devastation of Iraq and Washington's subsequent wars for regime change in Libya and Syria. The CIA and US regional allies such as Saudi Arabia, Qatar and Turkey provide arms and funds for ISIS and its predecessors in Libya and Syria and will have no problem in working with them in future in future neo-colonial ventures. In the meantime, Libya, Syria and, and uh, uh, Iraq have been virtually destroyed. Mm. Over a million people have been killed mm. and tens of millions turned into refugees. And Syria has become the focal point of a proxy war involving the US and the, and the European imperialist powers as well as Russia and Iran in which the danger grows of a direct conflict between the US and Russia, the two world's two biggest nuclear powers. Now, I think there are three things that we ought to note that aren't noted in the popular press. <coughs> One I've referred to already, that is the nature of the so-called uh, free army. Well, consider these two little facts. Firstly, there we have reports, uh, well documented, in fact, uh, on video clips, which show public uh, shows the Syrian free army throwing postal workers off tall buildings in Aleppo. Mm and also of attacking minority groups. These are John McCain's friends. These are John McCain's friends. Still. The Syrian, yes. He's, he's still a full, full on with these guys. Well, I think so. Um, now, uh, the, the Syrian Free Army are fundamentalists, 
supported by the United States. They are not mythical moderates. What such moderates as they were, that is, secular secular, Mm. secular opposition to Assad, well, Mm. Assad mainly wiped them out Mm. earlier anyway. And uh, they've certainly been crowded out by by Muslim terrorist groups now supported by the United States. Uh, the other the other thing is that that all this fundamentalism comes from the fountainhead of Saudi Arabia with its Wahhabist ideology, which, forgetting about any of the war that's going, is an extremist, uh, ultra ultra extremist fundamentalist sect. As I was saying before about Hillary Clinton, she knew this. They knew this. Mm. They were saying, yeah, bring in the Wahhabis, these crazy uh, right-wing guys. That's right. The other thing about the Syrian Free Army is that that 3,000 of them deserted to IS. Mm. 3,000 of them actually deserted, left the Syrian Free Army and joined IS, which suggests that the gap between the Syrian Free Army and ISIL is nothing. Strangely, you would think that the Free Syrian Army being backed by the United States would be at least, uh, you would think, with the resources of the US, it would be well supplied, mm, well mm, fed, mm, well mm, paid. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, they'd be, are they on the mercenaries? Well, yeah, I imagine, I imagine they, they are. A lot of them would be. But to, to imagine that there's some sort of safe, nice alternative mm. to the Assad government and uh, ISIL. Y- yeah, I'm just much. looking at the material realities of uh, are they better looked after and you know, are they materially better off with the free Syrian army? Well, they're no the doubt. They're, they're armed by the Turks, by mm. the Saudis and now by the Americans. So that's that's the role. Have you? There's a book coming out fairly soon by Tim Anderson called The War in Syria, which reading a pre-review sounds very, very good and it's probably as near as to the truth we're likely to get. And Tim Anderson, can you fresh me? Who, who is he? Tim bombing. Anderson was framed yeah, okay. for a bombing of a building. Ananda Marga? Uh, Ananda Marga. Yeah, okay, okay. He was framed for that, and it, there's no question, I think, really, that the bombing that he was charged with was, in fact, done by the security forces mm. in this country. Mm. And he was given a scapegoat. I think it's more or less generally acknowledged that he was innocent of that. Well, he's free. Mm. And uh, that was done by the security forces. All right. Uh, well, we're a bit early. Um, yeah, I, I was going to mention. Are you going to um, something? Is that okay, you finished. Yeah, no, that? I finished. I finished. Uh, yeah, well, no, I was just going to mention. Oh, I, I, can I just say say one thing, mm. uh, which I hadn't quite finished with, and that was uh, the Saudi regime. It mm. plans to behead another fifty terrorists on Friday. Behead them. At least three of the prisoners were convicted as children. In other words, they were kiddies when they were convicted, and they're going to be uh, executed. Many of the prisoners say they were forced to confess while being tortured. It's being, uh, they're all members of the Shia minority, and it's a political move. Um, the Saudi Arabian authorities are using the guise of counter-terrorism to settle political scores, because the Saudi regime's got its own problems. Uh, remember that there was a stampede in September which killed more than 2,000 people during the annual Hajj pilgrimage in Mecca, and people were outraged because the stampede was triggered by a militarised entourage escorting a crown prince, one of the thousand, to the ceremony. And it also coincided with the emergence of a letter by an unnamed member of the royal family calling for a palace coup against uh, the king and his clique of supporters. 
Um, the crisis in Arabia is intensified by growing regional and political pressures, including the regional struggle of the Sunni-dominated Saudi government against the Shia regime in Iran. Iranian support for Shia elements include the Houthi rebels that had seized power in Yemen this year, and this is a cause for Saudi Arabia, who's now bombing the shit out of poor old Yemen, and yet we read nothing about this whatsoever. Uh, US, U.S. logistics and intelligence personnel have organised the Saudi bombardment, which has killed at least 2,600 civilians and devastated large sections of the country since March. At least 300 of those killed in the Saudi strikes were victims of a flagrantly illegal operations targeting civilian areas. In 10 strikes examined by the Human Rights Watch, no military targets were found at all. So... The Saudi regime is in fact bombing civilians of uh, Shia of a Shia background. Collateral damage. Collateral damage. Collateral damage. Well, deliberate. Perhaps that's the whole point of them. Uh, So frequently highlighted by the US and the rebels, a number of beheadings carried out by Islamist extremist militants like ISIS pale into comparison with those of Washington's closest ally. The Saudis have executed more than 150 people this year, cutting their heads off, surpassing the kingdom's previous record of beheadings in a single year set in 1995. Uh, Such beheadings are based on charges like sorcery, adultery, apostasy, which is like if you don't agree with the religion, and homosexuality. Now, the Saudi regime may justify its actions by reference to forms of law rooted in the Middle Ages, But the underlying causes of its atrocities are firmly modern, being rooted in the structure of capitalist society and the imperialist world order that arises on its foundation. The crimes of the Saudi monarchy ultimately flow from the domination of the region by Washington and the economic stagnation enforced by capitalist property and the nation-state system. Can I just quickly uh, mention a, a meeting that's coming up at Northcourt Town Hall on uh, Saturday the 19th of December at half past three. Mm-hmm. And it's the, uh, it's the old Socialist Labour League, it's now the Socialist Equality Party, mm-hmm. uh, a ho- uh, hosting the meeting. And it's called Why and How the GPU Murdered Leon Trotsky. The GPU was the Soviet secret police. Yes, I, was, yes. I, I always thought it was the NKVD, actually. But anyway, that's, that's not a It was originally, then it became... Uh, the yeah, well, it changed, it changed. Mm. But I, I'm pretty sure it was NKVD. But anyway, it's the 75th anniversary of uh, Trotsky's murder this year. And so that's on Saturday the 19th of December at half past three. I'm right. working it until four, but I'll, I'll try and... You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.